Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 18 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author Nikki Castle. Welcome, Nikki. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, baby? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Oh, she called me baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like that name. Book. I got a friend yeah. named Vivian. I'm, yeah. I'm, I think it's such a cool name. It is. Yeah. No, I um, go by yeah, people. are like, oh, do you always go by Vivian? I'm like, no, I, friends call me Vivi, Viv, Vivi, you know, stuff like that. As long as Vivian doesn't come out because that's not the name. I used to have a friend <laughs> in high school that I knew I was in trouble with when she busted out with Vivian. Oof. I'm like, oh, so it's, that's still like trauma for me. Uh, <laughs> it's like a scolding from your mom (laughs) yeah and i don't have a middle name so that whole like using the full name never really applied but that just using the first name from my mom from a parent's perspective yes but from her it was vivian like oh oh no what i do (laughs) what i do now yeah uh but yeah so vivian's great no worries so we have you here in the podcast why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been writing and how you got started so i am fairly new, I guess, in the uh, in the romance world. I published my first book a little over a year and a half ago, been writing with the goal of publishing books for two years. And I, I just kind of fell in love with it right away. I actually, uh, I never really read romance. I was mostly a, a thriller reader. And then when COVID hit, um, and actually TikTok came up and Den of Vipers was the very first romance book that I read because it was big on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I read that one. Then I'm like, oh, this is a whole genre that I know nothing about. And I just started devouring books um, and actually wrote my first book just because I wanted um, a collection of tropes that I hadn't read together before. So and then once I fub- published my first book, um, it kind of took off a few months later and I just kind of never looked back. So I've got three novels and one novel out right now. I'm, I'm working on the um, the fourth book in my my novel series. And I just love everything about this genre, this community, the idea of being an author. I've been kind of writing my whole life. I was an English major in college and my my dad's side of the family, they're all they're all writers. So it was always kind of a joke that, you know, Nikki would write a book at some point and yeah, once I found romance, that's when it was like, oh, this is this is what I should be writing. So yeah, fairly new, but I I I love it, and I'm in the process of uh, quitting my day job so I can do this full time. That's kind of nice. my my next big goal. So um, that's yeah. fantastic. That's my great. background. Yeah. yeah. Now you write, and I know it's on your website, so I'm going to make sure I get this right because it's. I love how it was right. It was uh, written there, and someone quote it says that you write uh, steamy love stories about alpha MM fighters and the women that melt their badass play playboy hearts. Yes. So, so <laughs> tell us about that, please. Yeah. So, and it's it's uh it's MMA fighters. Yes. I just want to make sure I'm not writing about MM fighters. Not that I wouldn't. But, Sorry, MMA. Um, yes. No, no, no. It's all right. I just always like that's that's um what I kind of feel is my niche. So I'm mm-hmm. always I'm very proud and um of the type of athletes that I write about. So MMA is mixed martial arts. Um, it's not a very known. I don't want to say it's not a known sport, but people don't know too much about it. Um, and I haven't seen too much of it in romance. And I used to fight. My husband was a very high level pro fighter. We're both coaches. We own an MMA gym. Um, so that was one of the tropes that I really wanted to write about because like I said, there's, there's not a lot of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if you read any of my MMA books, it's, you can always, I feel like my love for the sport bleeds through the pages because I'm so obsessed with it. So I, the, the series that I'm, I guess that I'm more known for, um, it's called the fight game series. And each book is about a different fighter, um, in the gym. So you have this kind of this, this found family basis, uh, where there's, there's men in the gym, there's women in the gym, there's all different kinds of personalities and relationships. Um, so each book is about a different fighter and they're all alpha. I'm obsessed with, you know, very alpha men, um, which you kind of have to be in a sport like MMA. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> um, it's just kind of part of it. Uh, and then I love writing very, uh, badass, um, alpha females as well to kind of mm-hmm. match them. Cause it's you, you just, you kind of have to, <laughs> you have to be at that level when you're dealing with an MMA fighter. Um, so yeah, each book is very different as far as the personalities, but um, but yeah, the men are always alpha and the women are always very badass as well. So that's kind of my my love. I I wrote a novella last year um, to kind of delve into something else. I just wanted to try something different, and I absolutely loved it. I'm actually turning that one into um, a novel this year. But my my true passion lies with these these MMA men. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's just, it's a very unique sport. I've, I've seen a bit, I have some friends that like it. And my background, I also have some martial arts background. Oh, in, nice. in, yeah, it's, it's Taekwondo, uh, got my black belt and everything. So anytime that there's some form oh. of martial arts, I'm always like, ooh, what's that? And so when this kind of came into more popular view um, um, in the in the world in general, but even now I'm kind of seeing some of that uh, kind of different kind of fighting um, in romance, just because it's like you were saying, it's the whole like badass alpha yep. to get in that ring to purposely get, you know, try to get his ass kicked, but also kick some ass. Yeah, uh, and exactly. then I, and I'm going, oh, that's going to hurt because I know what that hurts. Uh, <laughs> do you I know find, what that feels like. Right? Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I miss some of it, but at the same time I'm going, it's okay, I don't, I don't miss the bruises. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't miss having, the ice baths. <laughs> yeah. And having to explain that when you're a teenager and, you know, like, and people have, you Oof. guys okay? I'm like, yeah, no, please don't call DCF. This is, you know, here's my, <laughs> my, here's my stuff. Here's my things, you know? And they're like, oh, okay. And, but it was also Just, nice to be able to like, not try to bully or anything because they're like, oh no, she can kick ass. Literally. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> yeah. I've been in those situations too. Right. So when you're at the gym, because you know, you're saying that you own one and things like that, and you're seeing the players uh, out there fighting, you know, that does it ever pop into your head of going, "Ooh, I'm romancing now"? Do you get inspired by some of these individuals? Um, even your husband. I mean, does he know that maybe he's an inspiration? Does he hope he's an inspiration? <laughs> well, so <laughs> he's very proud of the fact that the very first book in the series mm-hmm. um, and the first book I ever published. Uh, when I published it, I wasn't sure if it was going to be the last book I write. It was just something that, you know, everyone always says, Oh, I'm going to write a book one day, but no, like not a lot of people actually do it. So when I published that one, you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to be my last one uh, or my only one. And um, I'm a big proponent, not for everyone, but for me that I write what I know. So Mm -hmm. that first book is very much based on um, my husband and I's personalities. So um, the characters in the book are, are, are based on us. And um, I've pulled quotes straight from my husband's mouth and put them in that book. So he is basically my real life Tristan to the point that um, I did a release party a couple months ago for a book and um, I had, you know, readers in town and my husband was there 
um, and people had him uh, sign some things, some book plates and things as, <laughs> as Tristan West. <laughs> so he's very proud of the fact. Um, and it's also to the point that if I get reviews uh, that say they don't like Tristan, he gets very offended. <laughs> um, so, so yes, he's very close to it. So um, most of it is based on him. I kind of pull from him for a lot of the male characters, even if they're in, in different books. My fighters, because I I am a coach, I, I don't fight anymore, but um, I I love coaching way more than I ever loved fighting, which was mm-hmm. it, super interesting to me. But I I try not to sexualize them, so but. it's a weird thing where <laughs> like I pull things from fighters that I know, and I pull maybe lines or personality traits more than anything. Um, my characters tend to take on kind of lives of their own, so. Um, uh, there's not too many things that are based on actual people. And um, I try not to actually, I posted a couple of videos of my fighters because just because their, their relationships and their, um, their brotherhood and how they are with each other is just, it's like my favorite part of it. And kind of my favorite part of the series too, because like I said, it's kind of a fine found family thing. Um, so I'll pull like certain things, but um, I try not to focus on them too much. And they actually, only one of my fighters knows that I, write these books um and he's read them and he loves them and has no problem with them but for the most part that's Mm kind of where i try to put a little bit of distance just as far as the fighters in my gym now i've pulled plenty of scenes from other people and fights that i've seen and fighters that i've met (laughs) because they're not mine so i don't really have to worry about that but it's an interesting kind of line that i had to draw um so i find that when i'm in the gym i'm coach Mm -hmm. and then you know when i'm home i'm i'm writing about fighters um so kind of yes and no i guess is the answer to that question (laughs) no but that's also good too i think sometimes when it comes down to this uh the gender the community is fantastic and we are there to support each other but there's sometimes that line that some fans sometimes seem to cross because of the characters or they you know or some of the things that are being written might be a little bit darker a lot more sexier and that and sometimes you know some people may get a little bit like over zoom you know like excited about certain things and we're like well these are there's you know these are some some of these people are real people um the authors to themselves um but also if they're inspired by someone or if we have a narrator too sometimes that are voicing the characters we're like dude no remember character not real person uh (laughs) or am i you know like also like yeah you know still a person boundaries there's a line to it real person Yeah. yeah But I'm just too, I think it's one of those when anytime that we're like, oh, that was, you know, it's something that we might have said when it gets on the book as a reader, we're like, oh, that's what I said. Or a name pops up too. I, you know, I've had friends that are authors. They're like, hey, is it okay if I use your name? I'm like, yeah, just spell it right. Yeah. <laughs> it's one N. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be like, it's not me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. No, it's great. I, I think that it's, it's good to have those boundaries and for your, your, as a coach, for them to feel safe and able to be themselves around without worrying if something that they say or something that they do is going to end up in a book. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just based, I mean, I know you and I were kind of talking about um, pen names before we, before we jumped on here and, you know, I'm very open about the fact that um, Nikki is my first name, but castle is a pen name. So um, I specifically, chose um a a pen name when i wanted to start doing this and um i always like to be open about it It has nothing to do with you know any kind of stigma against romance books and it's not that i want to hide 
who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends know, you know, my husband's friends know, like I said, even one of my fighters knows. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with, you know, women knowing, but one of the things that I wanted to do is, um, is uh, kind of distance myself a little bit just so that my own students and my fighters feel safe with me. Um, and they never feel like I'm, you know, pulling something from them for just for, for content or for, you know, just, uh, just so I can post a video of them looking hot when they're hitting pads, you know? So um, that was kind of one of the reasons why, why I, I split it off. Cause I wanted to um, just kind of keep them safe too, you know? Yeah. And then thanks for sharing. I know sometimes listeners and readers uh, kind of sometimes question the why, and I don't yeah. know. And unfortunately, sometimes it comes as if you're, Hey, are you ashamed? I'm like, no, there's exactly. so many different factors that hit first before that shame you know, ever even may have even been popping up, right? Or stigma yep. against it. And so it, it, thanks for sharing that. I think it's important people get curious. Sometimes they don't understand the why. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what the why is. Just respect yeah. that there is a, a, a pseudonym there or a pen name. And that's, you know, let's keep it at that, right? Yeah. Don't need to be digging. Don't be spying. Don't become an MI5. For those that don't yeah. know, that's the <laughs> FBI, you know, espionage over there in the UK. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, you also um, kind of mentioned writing other uh, tropes and things like that. What are some of your favorite tropes to write? Uh, my top trope is probably Enemies to Lovers, which is why uh, my debut book was An Enemies to Lovers. Um, I struggle a little bit with bully romance. Um, so Enemies to Lovers is kind of my sweet spot. Um, I do also love a well-done age gap, and I do have plans to write an age gap because I think that's, like I said, when done well, it's it's such a cool trope. Um, trying to think what other tropes I like. I do like the Grumpy Sunshine. That's probably another another one um, to the point that the I mentioned earlier that I, I wrote a novella last year just to be able to kind of branch out and just move away from some of the characters that were in my uh, MMA series. So I wrote a um, reverse Grumpy Sunshine or Grumpy Sunshine, whatever people want to call it. Um, and I, I love when the female is the grump. <laughs> so, um, and the man is the sunshine, but in general, whether it's, you know, whoever is, whoever's the grump and whoever's the sunshine, um, that's, I, that's like one of my favorite tropes. Tessa Bailey is one of my favorite authors because I feel like she, she writes that trope so well. Um, so those are probably, those are probably my top three, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think usually that whole grump to sunshine is usually the male, the, gr- the, the grumpy one and the girl to sunshine. Yeah. But I love the fact that um, that you're, you know, you were thinking about the opposite because many times, like, you know, us girls, we no, we are not all sunshine. Sometimes we have yeah. that has happened to our lives. We, you know, we're jaded or just sometimes just no, that's just not our personality. Um, and just yeah. to have someone come in and, and be sunshine for us, that's, that's nice. <laughs> And from for my writing style, I mean, I love writing obsessed men. So uh, you know, I, even though the grump can be obsessed, you know, from the beginning, and you just don't really see it until later on. But um, for me, I like to make the men immediately obsessed, and um, I like to make my women very strong, badass. Like I said earlier, um, and I would say three out of my four female main characters have been. Uh, referred to in reviews as bitches. And I actually love that term because <laughs> I aspire to be a bitch to men. Like, I, I don't think of that as like a bad thing. Uh, 
but you know, sometimes you're not all sunshine, you know, sometimes you're, you're all about work or you're all about, you know, I don't care about hurting your feelings. Um, I, I have things to do and, uh, you know, I'm just going to tell it like it is. So that's kind of the, the common theme, uh, in my females. And then, like I said, with the men, I, I just, I love to make them obsessed with the women right off the bat. So especially the, the sunshine male, um, he was a very, very fun character to write. And I, I, I couldn't stop at a novella, which, and I don't think novellas are my sweet spot. I think I get too obsessed with my own characters. So <laughs> even that's turning into a novel because I like those characters so yeah. much and I need, you know, more of his sunshine. So um, yeah, yeah I, it's, it's kind of, and I, I, I kind of find it really like a little sad that we are as within the community, we're really harder on the heroines and the female characters yep. than we are on the guys. Yep. And I mean, they could, the guys can be a complete ass. I mean, kill people, brutalize, verbally abuse. And, and, and the, the readers and the reviewers are like, but he's sweet, deep, 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 deep down inside. And then for the ladies, just because they are not going to sugarcoat something, oh, she's a bitch. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't have time for that. And, you know, or, or people have placated the male so much that the fact that if someone has said something straightforward, now you're being too harsh. And so when yeah. I read listeners, and yeah, when a listener reads characters that are just strong women that are not going to hide beneath that, uh, it's always great. I also kind of like, oh man, we need to do better about the girls of the community to support these ladies, whether they're fictional or in real life, right? Yeah, and it's interesting. One of the things I noticed when I started writing is there's certain kind of general ideas in the community that are just kind of accepted. And that that's one of them, you know, so you can, as an author, decide if you want to challenge that or just stick with, you know, what we know to be true about romance readers, which for this, this is a perfect example. I read a, uh, I read a bully romance one time that was uh, probably the one that turned me off of bully romance. It was just not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just too much for me. Right. Um, and the men, it was a reverse harem and it was, oh my gosh, the men were, they did such horrible, horrible things to this woman. And she stood up for herself one time. And the reader reactions in general were, you know, whatever they do, I, I still love them, but I hate this chick just because of this one time that she stood up and maybe went a little bit too far. Um, so it's, it's not something, I mean, it's just part of the world. It's part of the romance world. I think I like to challenge that one a little bit, um, which, you know, does sometimes it works out with readers. Sometimes it doesn't, but like I said, I, I like to, I always tell people, if you want to write, um, write what you want to write and not what you think people want to read mm -hmm. um, because people can tell when it kind of comes from the heart or not. So, Oh well, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can tell if you guys are phoning it in. Uh, yeah. Just like sometimes we can tell when the narrators are phoning it in and we're like, mm, not your kind of yeah. were, were you not on today, honey? But yeah, yeah I, I think that it, it's true. I mean, I, I, I like honest reviews. I believe that like, I personally think a three star is a good book. And I sometimes agree. people are like, oh my God, she got a three star. I'm like, dude, that's a, that means I liked it. Yeah. You know, but I'm not going to give away a five. Five has to be like perfection. Um, you know? Know, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very, I completely agree. I'm very stingy with my five stars. And I'll tell you, as from an author's perspective, I, I actually, I, I don't want to say I like three star reviews the most, but I definitely find them to be the most valuable because those are the ones that, you know, I, I kind of learn from. And even as a reader, when I'm looking at a book that I want to read, if I look at the reviews, I kind of skim over the five-star ones. You know, I, I, I look at the three-star ones. Those are the honest ones. So I'm a huge proponent of honest reviews, both, you know, for, for authors and readers. Yeah, and I have a handful of, of reviewer friends and people that I that I know that are 
um, more particular about giving out those five. And so those are the mm -hmm. ones that I will like be like, oh, that is okay. That, that was a five book for you, a five star book for you. Yep. Oh, okay. Let me go check that out. But I will read one of those, one of those one star reviews and, uh, and kind of get some more insight or those threes kind of get a better grip of what the book is about to see if it's for me. But I also know that sometimes people will use that bad negative review as the reason to buy the book. So, hey, oh, for those that think that her, you know, characters are bitches because they're strong off of females, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> That's going to work in your favor. Uh, romance is such a unique genre for that reason, I think, because I don't think there's any other genre that that has that kind of effect. Um, I, I mean, the one star reviews because it was too spicy or because, you know, like we said, the, the female's a bitch. That sells probably more of my books than, than the five star reviews. It's so interesting to me. I mean, I love it. I think it's interesting. <laughs> so now that you're starting to write, you have a, you know, a couple of books down under your belt and you're looking into, you know, you've been also reading and more into romance. Is there a subgenre? Because, you know, romance is such an umbrella term with all these yeah. subgenres underneath it, whether it's the sports, the cowboy, the historical, the sci-fi, so on and so forth. Is there a genre that you're kind of like, ooh, I might do this one day that you're looking to maybe getting into that you'd like to try? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right now, um, you know, my novella series is kind of the way that my, my intent was to try out tropes and characters that, you know, I can't fit into um, a character series. Um, so if I have, you know, kind of inclinations, that's where I'll put it. But as far as bigger picture, I mean, right now, my focus is definitely on the MMA series. So sports romance is what I'm into right now. But the thing that I really, really want to get into some of the best romance books I've read have been like suspenseful romance or almost like a romantic thriller. And I, I've got a couple ideas rolling around in my brain, one of which I am absolutely dying to write. Uh, it would be like a romantic thriller duet kind of thing. And it's kind of because, you know, it's my two reading passions combined. I, I've read so many thrillers in my life. And like I said, that was kind of my first love. But I love romance to the point that it's really all I like to read anymore. So it's kind of a perfect colliding of worlds. And my, my main goal that I want to get to, because it's such a different way of writing. Like my books are very character based. And I get a lot of people that say that they're they just feel very realistic. Like I write about, you know, real people and, you know, you read them and I have my characters, uh, you know, they have this hobby, they have their friends, they have a job and it's like anybody could do it, you know? So it really feels like you could meet this male character in real life and have this actually happen. So they're very realistic right now and they're very character based. Thrillers obviously feel more plot based. Um, so that's kind of the, the next step for me. And I think that'll be my, my next challenge um keeping kind of the love for the characters um but getting into a little bit more more plot based and um We've done it <laughs> and, yeah and thrillers are very very difficult to write i yeah. swear i think they're they're one of the hardest ones um because you know there has to be a twist and um you have to build up to it the right way so it can't be so subtle that it's just confusing mm -hmm. um but it can't be so obvious that it gives it away um, it can't be confusing, right? You have to do it. Um, you have to lay out the pieces very strategically. So I've always found thrillers to be um, the the hardest to write. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of my Everest. Nice. What's well, <laughs> so interesting? It's interesting too because I mean we do have the romantic suspense, and I always talked about 
with the authors that write that genre. It's like, it's always interesting to me where bullets are flying, guns are blazing, things are going boom, but they're like, you look hot right now. I'm going to make out with you. And (laughs) (laughs) in the middle of that scene of things going kaboom, uh, it's just so much fun. Or they're like, they'll start and they're like, okay, well, let's, let's put a thing on this right now. And we're going to get out of this escape zone first. And then we'll, we'll continue. Um, but I also know that a lot of there's been a lot of talk in the industry from the readers that they would love to see more romantic thrillers, a bit a little bit mm-hmm. more of that, you know, that more murder mystery, who done it, but still have that romance in it. Um, and I think also too that kind of is stemming from some thrillers have some romantic elements in it, whether it's that little, you know, that that you know, the PI that knows that someone in the in the print scenes in the that's an officer that kind of have that chemistry and then they're what it will they will they won't they but that nothing ever happens on the page because it's a thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I think we're kind of wanting that. So that's great that you're hoping to get into that. Uh, and I think genre. I think we're gonna see more of those too. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I feel like the number one that shows up on my social media feed is Mindfuck um by by St. Abby. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of my favorite series of all time. Um, anytime, you know, I got I get lumped on like a favorites list with that book, I lose my mind. Um, so I, but I think we're going to start to see more of those because we can also kind of see it with fantasy as well. So mm-hmm. um, fantasy is I, uh, I forget what order the, the um, top genres are in, but it's it's a uh, fantasy romance and thriller. Again, I don't know if it's in that order, um, but if you combine any one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, or any two of those, I, I think it, it gets rated highly. And, you know, what, I forget what it's called. Romanticy? I think that's what they call roman- romantic fantasy. But romantic we see so theme. much okay. of those. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even, you know, A Court of Thorns and Roses. I mean, that that's, yeah. it's a huge, huge series. And um, so we see a lot of fantasy and romance combined. So I think mm-hmm. we're going to see more and more um, kind of thrillers and romance combined. So Good. that's my that's my goal. Yeah, well, I'll definitely put you on that. Ooh, you'll get that. So, hey, Nikki, how's that book coming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Every yeah. time I get messages or edits or questions or anything, I'm like, oh, I got to sit down right now. It, like, motivates me. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, I know that right, as of right now, this instance, you do not have any audio books under the belt as far as being done and stuff like that. But I do know, because you shared, that you are actually working on one. You want to tell us what that looks like and is? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, to be completely transparent, mm-hmm. I am not a huge audiobook listener just because um, I, I I totally understand the appeal. I, I know that it's um, it's huge, especially in this genre. Um, I'm just a very visual person and I, I don't commute a lot. I work from home. So if I'm reading, you know, I, I love my Kindle. So one of the things that kind of kept me from audiobooks was one, I don't, I don't, listen to a lot of them. So it's newer for me and I'm going to rely very heavily on, um, I've got a couple friends that are huge audiobook listeners, um, and are going to, you know, beta listen for me. Um, so it's basically, it's not a project that I took lightly. So, um, they are very expensive to produce and, uh, I am in contract right now. It is getting produced, um, in May. So I'm hoping to have, um, my very first book, Five Rounds, which is my bestseller, um, is going to be the first one that I tackle an audiobook. I do plan to get all books in that series and hopefully all books in general um, to be produced in audiobook. Um, and I'm very excited about it. I'm obsessed with the narrators that we picked uh, and um, I'm excited for it. Um, it's just, it took me a while to, to 
kind of make the commitment to do it because like I said, they're, they're, they're more expensive than I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so many different things that come into play as far as uh, the cost for audiobooks, and they are expensive, but that's also the fact that depending on who the narrators are, you yep. know, the, the per finished hour rate changes. If there is a production company, what's inclusive of that production company, if they're getting things edited for you, or if they're having something else done, there's so many different factors that a lot of time I think readers um, and listeners don't realize, I think they're starting to learn yep. more now of, of what it takes. And also that if an investment comes up front. So we're yep. hoping, right, that once you have this book in audio, that either the fans are going to love it and it's going to get picked up, that's going to make it a return on investment. So you can go, oh, okay, yeah, let's do more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and for me, you know, the biggest thing that I looked at, um, obviously the, the narrators are super important. Um, for me, I wasn't necessarily looking at, you know, the, the, the highest level of narrators. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I did look at Joe Arden, I did look at Tem Teddy Hamilton, but as far as my, the book that I'm looking for narrators for, the main thing that I was looking at was the right voice. So yeah, as it should I be. Actually, yeah. So, and I haven't actually announced this yet, but um, Aiden Snow is going to play uh, Tristan in the first book. And I, when I tell you, I'm obsessed with that man's voice. <laughs> I don't think I can stress it enough. I am so excited. It, like I've been listening to audiobooks for the past two weeks mm -hmm. just because I, you know, have audible credits and I'm like, well, let me just buy all the Aiden Snow books. <laughs> it's a good way to go. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> So he has single-handedly turned me into an audiobook listener. So he's my male. And then Maxine Mitchell, whose voice I also love, um, is my Remy for the female. Um, so I'm like very excited to, to hear them together. And, um, and actually, I, I love going to book signings. And the one in Philly, I'm a Philly-based author. The one in Philly um, always gets, always brings out like the top narrators. You know, you get Emma Wilder, you have Teddy Hamilton, Shane East was there. Um, they do this whole panel. And uh, <laughs> a year and a half ago, I kind of stopped the whole show and I got the whole table talking about, you know, are we going to see more duet or do you guys even like doing duet or what's the reason there isn't more duet? And the answer is kind of, you know, it's basically twice as expensive. Yeah. Um, but I got a very interesting take from all of them saying, um, you know, they do think that we're going to see more of it. And uh -huh. the cool thing about it is you get even better chemistry because you have people reading together. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm Maxine Mitchell and I'm reading a scene and I hear Ain Snow in my ear, I mean, I, it's just automatically going to make <laughs> the scene better from my end, I think. So um, they, they did say that they liked doing them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like I said, they, they get, they feel like they get better chemistry when you're actually with someone else. Um, so all of that is just making me very excited for this audiobook. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. No, Aiden Snow is definitely a great pick. I think you hit the nail on the head too that it's important to find the right voice for these characters and not solely yep. go on what may be popular at the time. We have so many up and coming narrators that are you know, just as good, some even better than some of the really popular ones right now because they have something different or they're doing something unique. And it's always, again, what's best for, can they get the character? Does that female right. character be believable? Whether it's accents or delivery of line or cadence or something yep. like that. So it's great. And uh, Maxine Mitchell is awesome too. She's great. I think she has done more duets, maybe. It is something that's been happening more and more um, 
often now within the past two or three years more popular now. Yeah. Um, and I think it works great specifically when the author writes really great banter. Yeah. Right. And Which I love writing banter, yeah. especially in enemies to lovers. It's kind uh -huh. of the thing that sells it for me. So it's, it just felt necessary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a little hard to interrupt yourself in conversation bantering, right? <laughs> right. The editor can be fantastic. The editing is done great. I, I, you know, I bow down to these editors that do multicast and duets. Some of them are, it used to be people used to be able to go into the studio and have it like literally right in front of each other. But since the whole pandemic thing happens, and that's also when Duet has, you know, risen to popularity via Zoom call. But these editors are now doing it where the narrators do all their own lines and then they get mixed in um, yeah. and, as one. So that is, again, bound down to these editors that can make it sound as if they're in the exact same room. Uh, yeah. And and these are kind of the things that I, I mean, this was all news to me, but these are kind of the things that I, that the production company that I booked with, um, kind of laid out for me that I never would have thought of, even if I was an audio, avid audiobook listener. But, mm -hmm. you know, with, with Duet, it's if you get lucky and both narrators are in the same city, you know, then you can have them record in the same studio um, or you can do it over Zoom. But again, then you're paying twice as much because uh, their one is basically just sitting there listening to the other read their lines and kind of waiting for their time to jump in. Um, so these are things that I never, ever really thought about or either that or you, the editor, um, where they have to kind of splice and, and edit the clips together. So there's so many different ways to do it, which is just, uh, all, all props to them because yeah. I, it's just, there's so much to consider. Um, mm -hmm. so, but the duet ones that I've heard, um, have been fantastic. The biggest one that I hear is the um, the Raven Hood series. That seems to be kind of the most well known duet narration from what I from what I hear. But oh yeah, um, we got to get you more into the audiobook world, girl. There's oh, so I'm on my many. way. So Great, <laughs> I'm gonna awesome message you after out this. there. Yes, we're gonna have to catch you up on audio because yes, there's so many. I mean, there's anything from paranormal to romantic suspense. There's so many great audiobooks that are. Um, uh, I know controversial coming way better than Ravenhood out there too. So yes, I said it. Sorry, don't come at me. If you no, do, I care. get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's just uh, and not taking anything away from Ravenhood. I think that that's one that people may have come first into audio, never listened before, and they and it's great. Or it's uh, someone that may have started that genre that have never read anything else before in romance. But there's so many great things out there. That's where I, I love being able to have these conversations with you guys that some listeners are like, I never thought that I was going to be into MMA, you know, MMA. And I'm like, now they're going to go pick it up or they're going to come talk to you and say, Nikki, I did not know that you did not go into audio until recently. Have you heard yeah. XYZ book? Right. And they'll, you'll get recommendations. It's so much fun and this community is so great but yeah we're gonna have to get you up and running on audio <laughs> as far as yeah <laughs> i mean I'm, i just started uh with the production company a couple weeks ago so so i'm, I'm just now really diving into it and uh, i had a funny moment a couple months ago i don't know if anyone else can can feel for this but um you know romance wasn't really working for me like i said i think it was because the duel just doesn't work for my brain um, so there was a, there was a free audiobook uh, for this very, very well-known thriller by Lisa Jewell. And, um, I think I had like a three hour drive that I needed to make. So I was like, you know what, this is my opportunity. And I had to turn it off halfway through because I got so creeped out. And I was <laughs> like, I remember thinking maybe this audiobook is like too good where, <laughs> you know, and thrillers are usually, uh, 
uh, one point of view or a lot of times even third person. Um, so you don't, you don't have the, the question of, of switching um, point of views. And I just got so creeped out. I was like, I, I gotta, I, maybe I can't do thrillers and audio either, but <laughs> I, I think I found my sweet spot with romance. So I'm yeah. excited to, to dive in more. Well, you know that that's them doing it. And not only that the, the book in itself is a good quality book, but that the narrators that were selected were great yeah. at what they do because of that. There have been times, trust me, I crush on a few female narrators out there because of just how they perform oh, in general. But there are a handful of those that I'm like, Vivi, you're straight and they're girls and they're actually just playing the guy on the voice because you forget sometimes that yeah. you know they do such a great job whether even when it comes down to other girls in their accents if the character has an accent that when i then talk to them on the phone i'm like oh that's right you, you're not from the south <laughs> <laughs> but you're not british uh and, yeah. and things like that and you're going wow it was just so believable that you're like wow okay okay good yeah uh, i my my favorite female narrator and i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping so hard that I can get her for um, book two in the series. Once I can get past, you know, this first one, I'm I'm like tunnel vision now. I'm like we're gonna do the whole series. <laughs> um, Emma Wilder by far is my favorite female narrator. One to of the point mine too. When I listen to her, I'm like, baby girl, I feel like I'm listening to you having an orgasm like in the studio right now. <laughs> like her, her yeah. voice is so sexy and um, the she's so perfect for um the female main character in my second book that i'm like and that and my my second book is the one i'm the most proud of um it's got a little bit of a more intense um storyline and it's very difficult to write and it, it uh it's just the one that i'm most proud of so um i'm like if i can get her i might never get over this book <laughs> so so i'm putting that into the universe right now because yep. you know, she's my favorite yeah, she's one of mine's. Uh, I, I, there's a, there's this quality to her voice, and there's this huskiness and stuff like that. But there's just something in there that's a little hard to describe. That yeah. is just like for me, it's like perfection. Uh, yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I love her. Her how she, you know, decides to portray the characters, the vulnerability, but also sometimes the hardness that needs to be behind that. Mm -hmm. The sexy again. I'm all about Emma Wilder. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's I love her. She's great. Um, but yeah, you guys need to get her on that on uh, you know figuring out you know schedule because um, these narrators get booked up. I know, know months, even sometimes even years in advance at this I point know. because of yeah. um, popularity of audiobooks, which is great. You know, I mean, and I totally get it too. And it's that was an eye opener for me too. Not that I, I mean, I should have realized that. I just because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know anything. Um, you know, I basically got on the call with this production company and I'm like, so are we talking about like a two month project or like a six month project <laughs> because they're so booked out. So, um, yeah, um, um, but then again, you know, I'll wait for Emma. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe we don't get another audiobook for another year, but. So you know crazy. what? And thank you for that. <laughs> I think that's also important. If you know, the narrator is the voice for this one character. Yeah. I, I never say, hey, you know, we can try to find, you know, when I'm helping with casting, let's look to see if there's another words. I have someone else in mind that may have a good quality of voice. But if you if think, no, it's Emma is it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then your options are going to have to wait <laughs> for yeah. Emma to be there's, available. There's no other option. <laughs> yeah. And so in that, in that, as the listeners, I think that once we know this from you guys, that it's because of the, that's, that's who it is. We're like, yeah. okay, fine. In the meantime, keep writing. We'll, we'll eyeball read and that's fine too. Uh, yeah. 
we'll sacrifice the, uh-huh. the Kindle read or the paperback read. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we'll wait. No worries. When yeah. it's worth it, it's worth the wait. Trust me on that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So now you mentioned Maxine, and I know that uh, in uh, the conventions and stuff like that, you're actually going to Readers Take Denver, March 30th through April 2nd. Yes, it is my first official signing. I've done like meet and greets and stuff, but and I don't know if I was doing something wrong. Um, I probably was, but I could not for the life of me get on to any book signings in 2022. So the funniest part is I would just go as an attendee and I would mm-hmm. just like wander around, <laughs> uh, yeah. which I, I also love because then mm-hmm. you can actually, you know, stop and, and talk to people. And um, I got to hang out with a couple of readers and I, that's super fun too. So I might mm-hmm. do that for a few signings this year too. But yeah, Readers Take Denver is my first official one. I am so freaking excited for it i love talking to people i love socializing and this is kind of like a dream come true i just got added to a panel for reader state denver this morning so um, that sounds fun to me too and i'm in the process of um, it's not official yet so this is it's a premature announcement but i'm trying to get um my cover model to come with me for the weekend because i absolutely love when cover models join authors at these signings so I did a special edition cover from my latest release in November with a a fitness model. He's just a joy to work with and readers absolutely love him and he's got a great personality. So I'm trying to get him to Readers Take Denver um, to use him as eye candy, I guess. (laughs) 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 But yeah, in general, I, I love signings. It's my first one. I've got four total booked for 2023. I'm trying to do more because I just, I like traveling. I like talking to people. It's just kind of a sweet spot. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Readers Take Denver, I think is my, my biggest one of 2023. So, Probably. Yeah. It's right now. I think one of the more bigger conventions, not only in duration, yeah. it is a four day thing. And it's so, it's going to be filled with so many fun parties and Game socials events. and panels and signings yeah it's going to be a fun thing plus it gives people i think more time to kind of hang out and, and connect with uh other readers and listeners we have a bunch of narratives that are going to be coming to that we're starting to announce um but i know that maxine mitchell is one of them so oh my gosh really i yeah. did not know that I oh need to yeah we haven't announced okay. all the narrators as of goodies yet i know some of them have already been listed on the website but many people don't go there and read anything uh and that's what? okay but I, we we love dropping the the announcements on our socials for the Readers Take Denver's account. Uh, same way here. Like, I don't even share who I'm talking to next. I'm like, you want to know who I'm talking to next? Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> to the episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But Maxine Mish has slated to be there at Denver. So you'll get to meet her. Ooh, that's amazing. Because um, I think the recording starts in May, second week of May mm-hmm. for, for her, for me. So um, ooh, now I'm even more excited. And in general, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any other signings that do like multiple day tickets like this. Like I know readers take Denver does, there's only one ticket and mm-hmm. it's the cost of the four days. So yeah. you know, it's not your normal, you know, $30 entrance fee to, to one three hour signing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, but I actually, I love it because like you said, it's four days, you get way more interaction. And I feel like most of the time when I, when I go to signings, you know, you try really hard and I always make a list of readers and people that I know are going to be there. And I, and I make sure that I message them and try to meet up with them. And there's always one or two that it just doesn't work out with. Um, but when it's four days, you know, it becomes way easier to not just meet people, but actually mm-hmm. spend time with them. So yeah, I, I love the, the setup and the schedule 
um, uh-huh. for for Denver. And I've got a couple authors. My own my PA is going to be there who I've only met once before. Uh-huh. Um, so there's going to be a bunch of people that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just I'm excited to meet you. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be a good weekend. It's funny how we have these relationships with people, whether it's professional work wise or friendships online, and then Which we're like. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, okay, we're, are you going? You're going, okay, okay we're going to meet. <laughs> and it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's fun. Yeah. The, the, it's a 40. I know people have said, oh my God, it's so expensive. Sometimes. But honestly, the price for this event, and I'm going to mention it here because it's something that I think because we've been in the pandemic and these are now starting to come up again, there have been other conventions that are four days long. Uh, mm-hmm. Book Lover Con is one that's four days long, okay. I think. Um, and there are other some that are maybe two days, but does not include everything within the tickets. There's some stuff that um, there used to be like our book lovers, uh, the RT book lovers convention, which was the biggest convention ever for professionals. I mean, you would have two lines, like a bunch of panels and things you can go to as a reader. And then some of you were like for developmental for authors um, from, you know, plots, writing, pastoring, audiobook production, what that looks like. There was all this, you know, lots of downloading that you would have to do as far as mentally goes, but it was a multiple day event. It was almost about four days and everything was inclusive of it. But then again, that's no longer happening nowadays. Sometimes conventions are one or two days, but if you want to go to the afternoon party, that's extra dollars. If you want to go to this, that's That's more dollars. So you end up spending significantly more on a one or two day event versus a four day event, you know, in this case convention that includes everything, everything, yeah. everything all the parties, all the fun yeah. stuff. The, narr- the, the authors are going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's going to be so much more fun stuff that's still being announced that I know are coming um, down the pipeline. So it's going to be lots of fun and bonus goes out and you know, a lot of stuff goes towards the charity that they're fun, you know, that they're working with. So uh, which a lot of other places don't do as well. Yeah. So we have, a you know, Julie's Friends is the name of the charity and goes to helping, um, you know, furry, furry kid owners, you know, furry pet owners. And so it's going to be fun. But I'm excited that you're going to be there. And uh, and I'm really, and we're going to pop your cherry, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to pop a cherry. I'm telling you that right now. The the, yes. the 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 authors that are attending are are star studded, and so are the narrators that are going, and it's just gonna be so much fun. So I'm thrilled that you're going, and that's also gonna be your first official signing. Yeah, so, I feel like fun. I'm gonna fangirl like, and I do when I, uh-huh. I meet them. I mean, I go to these signings, you know, and I and I I walk around, I meet authors, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm such a huge fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the I'm probably gonna fangirl out as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. This seems like a the ideal one to pop my cherry with, honestly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, if you really had one that you were thinking about, this is definitely the one that I think yeah. is going to be the best for you as far as anything and everything that goes on it. It's going to be fun. Like I said, really, it's uh, lots of fun stuff. And and yeah, it's, I'm also like, people. I love seeing that you guys as authors are also fans and readers as well. And and that happens. So you won't be the only one that will be fangirling over other authors. There will be other authors fangirling yeah. over you. There are going to be other authors fangirling over others. So it's it's going to be a you know it, we're all lovers of romance. That's why we're yeah. in here, right? So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, one of the things I love doing with my guests to get to know you guys better, but also to figure out how good of a liar you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is to play a game called two truths and a lie where you tell us three things about yourself and we have to figure out which one's a lie 
And I always say we because I really love the fact that the listeners are hopefully playing along with me as well <laughs> as they're listening <laughs> to the podcast. Um, so why don't you tell us your three things and then we'll try to figure out which one's alive. Okay. I thought so hard about this one. I don't think I've ever actually been... I feel like I've seen authors do this one and mm-hmm. I always like wanted to do it, but I never actually thought about it. So I've been thinking about this for like half an hour. <laughs> this call. So, all right, I got um, two truths and a lie. So uh, my first one is that I'm, and they're all going to be MMA themed because okay. I like to stick with my theme of mm-hmm. my MMA series. So first one is that I um, married my coach. Uh, my second one is that I fought at Madison Square Garden. Uh, and my third one is that I beat up a mugger that was trying to rob me. Oh. <laughs> okay, I really hope that that whole being of the mugger that was trying to rob you is true. Uh. <laughs> that one is true. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, good. Yes, yes, good. Okay, so now we have whether you married your coach, which is such a romantic trope. Um, no, right? <laughs> or that you fought at Madison Square Garden. Ooh, okay. Is the lie. Yeah, I kind of want both of them to be true for you. <laughs> I don't know why if I'm playing this game right, but these were so hard to come up with. I know. That's the thing. Well, the, here's the thing. First of all, great that at the end of the day, if you know, if these were all true, we love you even more so. And yeah. you know, and things like that. That's fantastic. Um, and also the the accomplishments of all of these are great too. Oh, let's see. Mm. Married your coach or Madison Square Garden. I want to say that the lie is that you married your coach. That is correct. Yes. So oh. technically, uh, we were both coaches. We were both fighters. So okay. I was like, I'm very proud of the fact that I didn't start training because of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we were both equally passionate about the sport. We were both coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he wasn't my coach. But a little sneak peek, I am planning on writing um, an age gap romance with mm-hmm. a, a coach figure because I'm just obsessed with it. <laughs> um, but yes, that's technically the lie. I did fight at Madison Square Garden. I won too. Nice. Um, wow. so oh, see, my, see, there's my uh, that's my resume for my <laughs> <laughs> for my writing these MMA romances. You know, I I, I actually have knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So good guess. I didn't doubt it, and I'm not going to be the stupid one that tries to you know make you you know make me believe it because I ain't. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I want to pick a fight with this one, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And again, oh, that's, I mean, sorry that you were trying to get mugged. I, I That's not the good part. But uh, talk about messing with the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the funniest part. I always like telling that story because mm-hmm. um, I was uh, I was in college. And, you know, Philadelphia is not a dangerous city if you do things the right way. I mean, I feel like every city has, has, um, has right. danger. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that happened. The guy grabbed me, I punched him in the face, knocked him out. And I called my dad after my favorite part of the story <laughs> is that I started training when I was 14. So mm-hmm. I feel like I've been doing this my whole life, actually more than half my life. Now that I think about it. And, uh, and I, you know, I called my dad and I, and I told him, you know, guy tried to, guy tried to rob me and his first reaction was, and my dad's very active. I don't want to say active on my social media, but I talk about my dad because he's like the, the greatest cheerleader ever. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody kind of knows Papa Castle on my Instagram. Aww. So he's just a very beloved character. 
And um, I don't think I've ever actually told this story before. So, so when I called him and I told him what happened, his first reaction was, did you get him good? <laughs> <laughs> he knows his girl. Like, he knows his girl. I was like, I was like, yeah, dad, I got him good. He's like, I got to call your coach. Hold on. Let me hang up and call you back. <laughs> so fighting is just a very bizarre. I mean, it's, it's, you know, my books are, they, they paint MMA as a sport, which is the biggest focus of my books. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, guys punching each other in the face. Yeah. Um, it is also a sport, but they're all, you know, there's also a self-defense aspect. And mm-hmm. um, I, my favorite events at the gym uh, at our gym are the kind of the self-defense seminars. I love when we do them as bachelorette parties. Mm-hmm. Um, we do like a self-defense thing because it's, it's really fun watching, you know, girls learn how to throw a punch or how to bitch slap. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's my personal favorite. Yeah. No, um, trust me. It's, it's one of those where you have that moment where they underestimate you because you're a yeah. girl and they try, or they try to do something stupid because you're the girl. Yeah. And to be able to see that look on their face when you have beat the shit out of them. Yeah. I never saw that guy again. Never showed yeah. up in the neighborhood ever again. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I had one of those yeah. uh, when I was in the, doing the sports for the uh, Taekwondo and yep. he picked me as for a sparring partner thinking that, you mm-hmm. know, every girl has the experience. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, yeah, I had him crying, holding his ball. Oof. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah it's one of those things where like don't ever mess with the girl you just don't know don't assume don't yeah, assume, don't assume. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so but yeah and again papa castle i love you <laughs> he's such a beloved character i yeah. love him <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the fact that he's so supportive of you and was supportive of, of you and a lot of parents at times are afraid for the girls mm-hmm. to go on to something that's a little bit more physical and you know and i understand that you know from a parent's perspective we don't want our kids to ever get hurt but to yes. be supportive and know that they can kick ass like yeah <laughs> yeah way better <laughs> yeah way better yeah. yeah that was also in our house growing up it was one of those if you're being bullied and they're gonna hate and you, let them throw the first punch just make sure they don't stand up again oh. yep yep <laughs> that sounds like something my dad said growing up <laughs> right <laughs> yeah perfect um yeah. So one thing also too that I love to know, because you work with words all day long because you're as a writer, you're constantly utilizing them. But what are your favorite words? And I say words because of the fact that there's two part question. First is what your favorite word. And the second part is going to be what's your favorite curse word. So you can't use one of the same. Ooh, uh, can I answer (laughs) the second question first? Sure. (laughs) So I'd say my favorite curse word. Uh We can say anything on here, right? Absolutely. I I guess if you're asking that question, I kind of asked me, yes. Um, I love using the word cunt. Mm. I think in the right situation, yes. it hits so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very, ac- I don't use that word lightly. Yep. You know, I think sometimes curse words are just kind of thrown around and I yeah. do like cursing. I, if you meet me in person and I feel comfortable with you, I'll probably, mm-hmm. you know, drop a couple F-bombs. But I think cunt is such a great, great very descriptive word mm-hmm. i don't think i've used now that i think about it I think oh. i've used one in any of my books i think well, i might use one in the next one <laughs> yeah well I mean, that's the other thing too because now, now knowing that right that it's not something that you just throw around and stuff like that when i see that word in one of your books now i'm gonna be like oh that baby inspired that sentence that's what <laughs> we're gonna say <laughs> as long as yeah as long as not you know me using my character name and no stuff like it's that not gonna, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, 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 that's the other thing too. That's actually one of my favorite words that I, if I, if my, my group of, in, you know, insert of, you know, group of friends that are really close, if I ever say, my God, they're such a cunt, they know, 
They know. Like, I mean that with my soul. <laughs> yes. And that person has done something deserving of that title. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I feel you. I understand. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a good word <laughs> when used appropriately. So, yes. And I don't know. I, uh, I don't know if you've answered this on a previous podcast, but out mm-hmm. of curiosity, what's your favorite curse word? I feel like you would have a good one. Oh, see, uh, it, it depends too. I mean, I, I, I can use fuck as an adjective word and a noun and all that fun stuff. Yes. Um, I know that it, when people know that I'm upset, uh, and that someone has really driven again, like I just heard cunts can come out here and there very rarely though, but also because I'm bilingual sometimes when I'm, if I'm really pissed off, Ooh. the Spanish comes into play. Okay. You know, it's like there's this in Spanish. You a- can- yeah. <laughs> That was a whole feeling in a sentence. <laughs> yes. And that's what's well, the things about I like, love about being bilingual is and having that Spanish heritage and, and, and ethnicity is that the language is so passionate and in both good and bad. And when you you can actually put together a bunch of different really curse words and make it into like a long, strong off sentence, but the emotions behind it and you're like, damn comes from the soul yes same thing yeah (laughs) of the souls and then sometimes uh, those that have italian backgrounds and and speak italian if that you know something comes out in italian you're like oh no she's pissed it came out italian Uh you know so (laughs) that's awesome yeah but curse is definitely like like i go fuck is really one of those that i go you know really good into that's a bunch of bullshit i mean that's you know traditional stuff too but cunt and and if i start with the spanish you're like oh she pissed See, I never really thought about that because so so my parents are both immigrants, so I'm also bilingual. I speak oh. I speak Hungarian. And oh, okay. I'm totally fluent. But the thing uh-huh. is when you grow up and the only people in your life that speak this other language are your parents, they're not gonna teach you curse words. Right. <laughs> yes. So I always felt like that was like the main thing I was missing. And and Hungarian is a very um flowery language. There's a lot of words, and I feel like during the day I end up in plenty of situations where I'm like uh, there's like a perfect word for this in Hungarian and there's no translation yes. in English. And as much as, you know, I, I, I like that feeling, but like, I never learned how to curse in Hungarian. Ah. <laughs> it's my biggest regret. So, ah. I mean, I know curse words, but like, there's a difference between, you know, yes. it's like when you're a kid, like there's a difference between knowing the curse words and like knowing how to use them correctly. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is true. That is absolutely so, true. I, ah. I, can definitely feel for the the Spanish cursing. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you can go to Papa Cass and say, "Hey, I, I, it's for research purposes." Um, there's going to be yeah. a character that's going to be popping in just real briefly, and they're you know <laughs> Hungarian background, and when they get upset, they curse in Hungarian. Give me so just take, like a good yeah. phrase. I gotta call up yeah. my cousins. Like, yeah. Just give me like what phrase right. hits here well. Yeah. <laughs> but that's true. I mean, from an immigrant perspective, I, I didn't learn the curse words from my family either. Yeah. It was the friends that I knew um, oh, yeah. that that were from different, and also because of, and I'm sure it might be the same thing. And and hug and with with um, I think any almost depending on where you're from in the country. Mm-hmm. It, it could, certain words can mean certain different things but also too with with spanish being so many different countries there's you know one word yeah. in like you know that there can mean literally can let's say they use the word straw in spanish in one country can mean vagina in the other and can mean fuck yeah. in another so you're like, I mean, yeah. like who am i talking to okay so i can <laughs> use this word okay good um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah do you have a favorite word in general uh it's see um i don't think i've ever been asked this question the only one that kind of i don't know if this is 
I'm going to think about this and I'm going to okay. message you in like a week and, okay. and say, you know, I changed my answer. The <laughs> only one that pops to mind is, uh, is kind of a very romance specific word. Um, and it's irrevocably mm. for whatever reason that feels like a very like passionate, like love focused word. Like I always, and I don't think I've used either. Maybe I have, I don't know. I got to check my first book. <laughs> if I use it anywhere, it's probably in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when a character says, you know, I'm irrevocably in love with you, and maybe it goes back to, oh my God, was that in Twilight? Is that where I'm pulling that from? I feel like it may have been in Twilight. Maybe it's like my teen, teen <laughs> romance days. But that always felt like such a passionate word to me. Now, if you ask me what words I hate, I got a whole fucking list of those. <laughs> so that's an easier question to answer. Ah, see, maybe so, I'll get you a, a, when we're in Denver. Maybe I'll do like a live or something or do a recording with you. And I'll make, okay. <laughs> That what, words do you hate? What, what words do you hate? Because I have oh, said it. You're like, I fucking hate. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a good list to talk about. Oh, yep. I got <laughs> I got a whole rant prepared at any point, even if I'm, you know, a couple tequila shots deep, oh. it'll be on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no to bring tequila to Denver. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, it's all so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll t- and then a good note, not that anything is it's never a good note with the, someone I'm talking to you guys, but before we go, tell us mm-hmm. what you're working on and what's coming up next for you. So um, I work on one book at a time and then mm-hmm. what comes after that, I have no idea. So um, really my only update right now beyond, you know, the audiobook coming out, um, it'll be after Denver. It'll be probably at some point in June. Okay. Um but the as far as books that I'm writing right now, I'm working on book four in my fight game series. I always like to introduce my characters in the previous book. So okay. this is not news. But um, in book three, I uh, introduced characters named Kane and Isabella. So Kane is my is my angry boy, um, big tattooed, angry MMA fighter uh, kind of character. And Isabella is my kind of my badass ballerina. Um, I, I don't have time for your shit kind of, kind of, um, FMC. So, um, so they're my next book. I'm hoping to, it takes me about right now, next to my full-time job, it takes me about six months to, to write and edit books. I'm, I'm big on editing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll probably be June timeframe, I think is when I'm estimating. Um, and then after that, it's kind of anybody's guess what I write. Um, it'll <laughs> either be book five in the mm-hmm. series or it'll be uh it kind of if i get the bug to turn at some point i will but if i get the bug after book four to turn um my novella my reverse grumpy sunshine into a full-length novel it'll basically be a sequel novel for them mm-hmm. um so one after that could be <laughs> either of those two okay. um and then kind of beyond that it's really anybody's guess i've got you know i've got so many ideas nobody told me that once you start writing you just get plagued yeah. with all these ideas and then you have to decide what to write. And yeah. um, and I can't write books at the same time because I get abs- so absorbed in my characters that mm-hmm. I can only focus on, you know, the two one. at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Um, so, so I just, I never really know what's coming next. It was kind of a funny feeling, you know, when 2023 hit, all, I saw all these authors posting about, you know, their 2023 release schedule. And I had to post and be like, look, I got no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> so 
um, come along on this ride with me. And I'm, I'm very transparent on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like sharing even kind of the audiobook journey. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like sharing what I'm going through and, um, and kind of what's happening. So, um, Instagram is my main, my main kind of platform and how I keep in touch with people. So, um, yeah, book four is next. And then after that, it's anybody's well, guess. <laughs> well, maybe you'll start, you know, plotting some of that, um, romantic the thriller. thriller that's <laughs> yeah. the other thing i've got that plotted too and See? i'm like well when do i write it you know yeah uh, i'm hoping my biggest goal for 2023 since it's you know still january uh-huh. um is to to quit my job and go full-time because then i would i'd like to you know be able to put more books out and mm-hmm. um be able to kind of focus more of my mental energy on it so mm-hmm. um maybe we will get the romantic yeah. thriller this year who knows yeah <laughs> Well, I wish you the best of all that. Hopefully to be able to quit that day job because trust me, yes. that feeling looks like. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. And yeah, I think sometimes it's great when you can plan out in advance. At the same time, I'm, you never know when uh, a character pops into your head, right? And so yeah. now you're like, I have to move everything around. Well, technically you don't because you didn't have anything, you know, kind of laid out. So that's great. No worries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it kind of comes down to back to the same thing I I. I tell people who want to start writing where they're mm-hmm. like, you know, I always tell them to, to write what they want and what they, well, what they want really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the same mentality I keep with myself too, where if I, I swear readers can tell when you liked writing a book or when you were writing it for the right reasons or when your heart is in it, they can tell, <laughs> they can tell every single time, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, this kind of frees me up to be able to just write write what I want and let me get absorbed for a couple months. Um, and I do, I get absorbed every single time I get obsessed with every book, every release um, and nothing else exists in the world. I turn into the worst wife ever. <laughs> I'm just so focused on these characters. Um, so it makes it easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, again, I think the readers can tell, I know for sure. I know I can, but I'm like, Oh, you're just riffling this. Okay. Yeah. You said that you were going to do it. Okay, great. And then yep. otherwise I'm like, Oh, you really like this one, huh? <laughs> So yeah we can tell so we appreciate that um yeah kind of we get a story that the author is excited about i think we get even more excited about reading it so it's it's the mm-hmm. best combination well thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today i appreciate you and the time yeah this was super fun i yeah, I, I love podcasts and i l- absolutely love talking to you this was fantastic yeah um, yeah and I'm so excited to meet you in denver <laughs> yeah it's gonna be fun uh <laughs> They're going to be like, you're Nikki. <laughs> what was that list again? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Come on. <laughs> oh, Viv. Yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's okay. No, yeah, but it's been such a fun time. I love talking to you guys and finding new ways to kind of connect and, and discover new, new books. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's just so much fun so i appreciate taking the time i'm going to make sure to include all your information as far as websites and newsletters and social media um over in the post uh, that you can find all the affirmation at viviana in terms of books and until next time happy listings thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast patreon special thanks to nixley zenner carol liebner Brittany robinette leiter michelle bastard Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The Audiobook Loving Podcast has special Patreon access levels. 
Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.